This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch, provided his observations on prices of various commodities, which have fluctuated quite a bit. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is hosting a grazing and grass field, uh, grassland field day rather, in Abbey tomorrow. And the Water Security Agency launched a cost-sharing pilot program to help RMs replacing aging infrastructure. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The prices of grains, pulses, and oil seeds have fluctuated a lot in recent weeks, just as harvest is getting underway across much of the prairies. Sask Ag Today's Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch provides his observations on the markets in light of the outlook for principal field crops released by Stats Canada on Friday. Well, they do a, a bit of a different analysis because they try to take an average price for the entire crop year and compare it to what's the forecast for the upcoming crop year and use acreage and supply and demand and carryover and world supply and demand and and come out with a, an analysis and, and group some things together. So it's useful and interesting information, but it, oftentimes what you garner from all the other market analysts and, and the published prices uh, puts it all into a better context. He's surprised at the difference in price between wheat and Durham. Sometimes the, the prices are not all that much difference or, or the, uh, the, the price premium for Durham is not that great. This year it is really enlarged. You know, Durham is grown primarily in, in southern Saskatchewan and southern Alberta where many of those areas hit with uh, dry conditions and, and reduced production. So Durham bids right now have, have ratcheted upwards to around $15 a bushel whereas wheat is steady or maybe sagged a little bit at $10 a bushel. Now, not all areas want to grow Durham because it's a little more prone to grading issues and, and maybe has some yield differences to spring wheat, but any area that thinks they could have successfully grown Durham uh, would have been very well paid for it this year. And producers, I think, are hearkening back to 2021 where the price really spiked on the, on the drought and the Durham shortage and wondering if the price can go even higher and that's making, I think, them tight holders of Durham not willing to sell as they watch the price continue to increase. So certainly a, a large price premium now for Durham over spring wheat. Hirsch is also surprised that feed barley prices remain so low. That is counterintuitive. You think in a drought situation, barley prices would increase, but a couple of things have happened. One is that American corn is relative, relatively cheap and abundant, and there's lots and lots of uh, corn coming into southern Alberta feedlots. The other issue is that the long-standing 80% tariff that the Chinese had on Australian barley has finally been removed. So the expectation is that the is that Aussie Durham will 
move into China in a fairly significant way, displacing Canadian uh, barley into uh, feed barley into into China. They they were a major export customer these past few years. So the combination of American corn coming in and the uh, loss of some of the Chinese market for feed barley is uh, putting downward pressure on that, even though we're in a drought year. He says the price of oats continues to be quite low, but believes that could change soon. Victim of its success from last year, high yields, high production, and just outpaced uh, what the demand was there. But some of that's turning around with the oat acreage down substantially and uh, some oats moving into the, the feed market that wouldn't have otherwise moved into the feed market. So even though oats haven't zoomed upwards, I think that gradually it will turn the corner and, and maybe see some improved values would be, would be my guess. Anyway, I'm not a market analyst, more an analyst of analysts, but uh, that would be my expectation. We'll hear more of his thoughts on pulse crops and canola prices after the break. Back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. We continue to delve into the price fluctuation of grains, pulses, and oilseeds with the chief agricultural editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch. Hirsch says the price of pulse crops like peas and lentils seem to be dictated by their color. Here we get a, the, the green versus uh, uh, other colors again, green being money, and, and green peas are worth considerably more than the yellow peas. And sometimes that price premium is is little to none or non-existent. But this year, green peas are in that $15 bushel range where yellows are stuck at about 10. And the same thing exists in in lentils. The green lentils are are much more valuable than reds. Reds are the predominant lentil grown, but large green lentils make up a significant acreage as well. Large greens are uh, high 50s, approaching 60 cents a pound. Reds have improved a little bit from the numbers I've seen, but they're only about 35 cents a pound. Now, again, not all areas can successfully grow large green lentils, but in areas where you can, uh, it certainly would have been a, a paying proposition this year. He says mustard prices have been pretty good. I would have thought that with the, the big acreage increases we've seen in all three types of mustard the past couple of years, that a reasonable crop would have really depressed the price. And we might have actually been in a glut situation. That minor acreage crop can go from boom to bust. But even with the acreage increase, with yields being trimmed back in in the mustard growing areas, and again, mustard similar to Durham, maybe even more uh, prone to being grown in the, the areas that ended up really dry this year, and suddenly mustard doesn't look that abundant. And the prices have been remained pretty strong, not, not at the height of where you could have contracted uh, some new crop production, but certainly haven't... Uh, haven't crashed and and may, as we go forward, even see a little bit of price improvement. So for those able to grow a decent mustard crop, returns look very promising. Hirsch notes canary seed prices are still quite strong. 
their acreage was, you know, according to Statistics Canada, and they don't always get the special crops right, but they considered that acreage was down a little bit, production will will not be booming, and uh, there's a, another crop where prices have edged upwards, seeing bids of 42 or 43 cents a pound, which is traditionally pretty good price for canary seed. Now, where that will go is anyone's guess. Some, some suggest it still has upside potential. Um, I wouldn't want to venture a guess. He adds there wasn't much flax seeded in Saskatchewan this year. Yeah, flax really crashed. You know, even when flax was really valuable at $40 a bushel, flax acreage did not expand. And then we sort of lost uh, much of the market to Russian and Kazakhstan flax that's much cheaper. And at $15 a bushel, flax doesn't look that competitive compared to many other crops, especially because producers don't like dealing with the residue issue. Now, that has shown a little bit of strength. We seem to be, again, competitive in some of those world export markets for flax, but $15 is still not really exciting. Flax is a, a, a crop that really has seen a, a downturn in fortune the past several years. And Hirsch provided his thoughts on canola prices. <laughs> I don't know what, what to guess on canola. I watch it uh, crash, uh, you know, down 20 or $25 a ton some days and have a really bad week. And then next week it turns around and ratchets back up and recoups some or all of the losses. And there's many market analysts out there for canola all pointing different directions. I have no idea where it's going to end up from here uh, but I would I would suspect somewhere range bound between 16 and 18 dollars to the grower might be uh, might be where we're sitting but yeah you know, it could break higher or break lower but I, I think that that's where we've been bouncing around for quite some time and it's where we may end up for uh, the months ahead but that's just a guess. Kevin Hirsch is the Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com. You're listening to SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. A new manufacturing partnership will see New Holland's Speed Rower Plus and Case IH's WD5 Windrower lines put to work swathing small grains and canola and put Made in Saskatchewan faces forward as they do. Case IH and New Holland's parent firm CNH and Honeybee Manufacturing say they've set up a partnership agreement for compatibility between those two windrower lines and Honeybee's WSC Swather Series Draper Heads. The Draper's components and wide swathing widths, along with the speed and precision of the Speed Rower Plus, make for a fast and efficient harvesting solution. The combination of a WSC 30 swather Draper head with the Speed Rower 260 Plus was first put on display at an Ag PhD Field Day event at Baltic, South Dakota on July 25th, while the Honeybee Draper heads for Case IH Windrowers were launched the previous week at Ag in Motion at Langham. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 97% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 2, a modest increase from the previous week's 96% order fulfillment performance. 
The improved performance in total reflects no change in performance for either railway, but merely a shifting in the weighting of performance. In supplying 99% of hopper cars ordered on time in Week 2, CN matched the performance we saw in Week 1, continuing its run of consecutive weeks above the 90% performance threshold, having now achieved that mark for six consecutive weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance also matched the performance seen in Week 1, with the railway supplying 95% of cars ordered in Week 2. CPKC continues its run with now 18 straight weeks with order fulfillment performance above the 90% threshold. Canada's Food Inspection Agency says it has completed its investigation into the cases of potato wart in Prince Edward Island that halted exports to the United States. The regulatory agency says its probe found the fungus in four fields in addition to the two affected fields identified in 2021 that triggered the trade disruption with the island's primary export market. The agency says it's not unusual that it found additional cases of potato wart, given that it analyzed nearly 50,000 soil samples from fields in the province. Canada stopped sending the island's best-known export to the U.S. in November of 2021, after the disease that disfigures potatoes had been detected on the island. Shipments resumed in April, after the U.S. Department of Agriculture gave the all-clear, but not before the disruption cost the island's potato industry more than $50 million in revenue. Potato wart is a persistent soil-borne fungus that, when left unmanaged, can cause field losses of between 50 and 100 percent. Countries worldwide are scrambling to secure rice after a partial ban on exports by India cut global supplies by roughly a fifth. Food policy expert Devinder Sharma says the Indian government has taken the right step in banning some rice exports. At the moment, uh, we have adequate stocks to take care of, but uh, we know what happened uh, this particular monsoon uh, season. Uh, Lots of floods in one part of the country and also uh, a shortfall in the rains in the other part of the country. And I think uh, this uh, uh, makes us very cautious. Soaring rice prices are now putting the most vulnerable people in some of the poorest nations at risk. Experts say Australia's wine industry faces severe oversupply problems that will need years to resolve, pointing to Chinese tariffs, high production and export bottlenecks during the COVID-19 pandemic. Vineyards nationwide have enough wine in domestic storage to fill 859 Olympic swimming pools. Ties with biggest trading partner China deteriorated in 2020 after Australia called for an inquiry into the origins of COVID, triggering reprisals from Beijing, such as anti-dumping duties on Australian wine and barley. The curbs battered the wine industry, with exports to China shrinking to just $7 million Canadian in the year to June. China, traditionally an avid purchaser of Australian commodities, including iron ore, resumed buying coal and timber this year after tension between the two has eased since the centre-left Labour Party won power in Australia last year. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. 
The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers. Winds from the southeast at 20 kilometers an hour and a high of 17. Tonight, cloudy and another 60% chance of showers. An east wind at 20 kilometers an hour, low 14. Tomorrow, cloudy and again a 60% chance of showers, this time early in the morning, then clearing up. Southeast wind at 20 kilometers an hour, high of 29 with the Humidex 33 degrees, a low of 13. Wednesday, sunny, high of 25, the low 10. Sunny on Thursday, high of 24, the low 10 degrees. Friday, sunny, high of 24, a low of 10 degrees again. Sunday, or rather, Saturday, sunshine, high of 25, the low 12. And Sunday, sunshine, high of 29 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 24, normal lows 9. Sun rose at 5.56 this morning. Sun will set at 8.06 tonight. Taking a look around the province... In Estevan and Weyburn, 14. Swift Current in Yorkton, 16. Saskatoon, 18. Warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Island Falls at 22.6. Cool spot in Cypress Hills at 12.1. In Regina, cloudy sky. Southeast wind at 24 to 36 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 72%. Temperature 16 degrees or 60 Fahrenheit. And the barometric pressure is at 102.4 and rising. In Moose Jaw, also a cloudy sky. East-southeast wind at 30 kilometers an hour. Temperature 16. Once again in Regina, cloudy. Southeast wind at 24 to 36. Temperature 16 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is co-hosting a field day event dedicated to grazing management and grassland restoration. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation and South of the Divide Conservation Action Program are the other co-hosts. Starts at noon tomorrow until 5 p.m. from the Abbey Business and Community Center in Abbey, Saskatchewan. Here's the president of the stock growers, Garner Diabald. There's a number of things that, that you know, included in, in the tour here. Some of the topics would be the, the native grassland restoration. You know, that's something I think that's very important and we can all learn from, uh, you know, trying to reestablish some of the native grasslands. Uh, the Sandhills Grazing Management Strategies, you know, that's something, again, that is quite intricate and something that, uh, you know, again, there, there's lots to be learned there on, on managing, you know, and especially in these times of drought as well. So, you know, there's lots of things to be learned there. Uh, the, the role in carbon storage and sequestration is something that uh, is uh, becoming more important all the time and, and something that we need to be thinking about. And, and then there's also some information on funding opportunities for native grassland projects. So uh, again, it's a, a, you know lots of information that we can learn from and, and you know I would sure encourage anyone that can make it out for the, the Sand Hills Grazing uh, Field Day. It would be a, a great opportunity to get together and, and uh, you know compare some notes and hopefully learn some new things there. 
Following the information session in Abbey, a field tour will commence. It will get us out onto the land and, and you know, just to see how, how the various species of grass, you know, how they are doing and, and then also to see, you know, give us some ideas in, on how, how to reclaim or restore some of the grasslands here. If we're looking at putting a native species back in again and, uh, you know, just some other strategies, I think, in, in trying to uh, do a better job of establishing or, or maintaining some of the grasslands. And so one of the, the highlights of the tour will be out at Blocks Ranching. Uh, again, a, a big uh, multi-generational ranch in, in the Abbey area and I think everybody would find that very interesting. He adds learning how to restore grasslands is important. Right, and I think that's something that all uh, farmers and, and ranchers are, are very good at. But uh, a, again, you know, the importance here just uh, on soil degradation and, and minimizing that and making sure that we are building soil, you know, rather than depleting it. And so any of these projects that uh, that are being worked on again there are things that we can take back home again and apply on our own ranches and it's something that i think that we as ranchers all take very serious and and something that we need to continually learn um, you know if there are things that we can do better and you know the importance of of maintaining that soil or or improving it is something that uh, you know we're very proud of being able to do and i think uh, you know with with all of uh, you know the societal pressures that, uh, you know, we need to be good stewards of the land, and we have been for generations and will continue to, but uh, that doesn't mean that we can't learn and do things uh, even better. Diebold has the details on how to register. The phone number that they need to call is 306-861-2688, and uh, we would be happy to take your registration today here, and uh, again, I'll just repeat that number one more time, 306 306- 8612688 You can also find details of tomorrow's field day on their Facebook page. The Saskatchewan Water Security Agency is launching a $500,000 pilot program aimed at helping RMs and irrigation districts cover costs of replacing aging infrastructure. Infrastructure projects such as bridges, culverts, or culvert-style crossings that cross water security agency channels are eligible for 50-50 cost sharing. Minister responsible for the Water Security Agency, Jeremy Cockrell, says the WSA is partnering with rural municipalities to alleviate the financial impact while, quote, safeguarding provincial infrastructure and protecting our communities, end quote. The agency says there is no deadline to apply to the program and grants will be issued on a first-come, first-served basis. Costs incurred through March 31, 2024 will also be considered. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look at Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Manitoba Agriculture issued its latest crop pest update. Provincial entomologist Dr. John Gavlowski says ligus bugs are causing issues in Manitoba crops. Ligus bugs feed on a lot of things. This is the problem. And they move around during the season as some of their host plants mature and other things are a bit younger. And ligus bugs like to feed on buds, flowers, and young seeds of plants. So they'll feed on alfalfa, they'll feed on canola, 
beans, uh, mainly dry beans, uh, sunflowers. So recently, over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of them moving into some of the uh, canola crops. And they will, again, they'll feed on the young seeds. Now, once the seeds start to harden, then the ligus bugs can't really feed on them anymore. And they'll move on to look for other things to feed on. So we're, we're kind of at the stage where there was some issues in canola and uh, some fields that need to be treated for ligus bugs. But a lot of the crops uh, have gotten to that stage where they are now uh, a bit more resistant to the ligus bugs just because the seeds have firmed up and the ligus can't really feed on them anymore. He adds flea beetles are still a problem as well. Flea beetles, uh, we see the adults twice. They've got one cycle per year, but we see the adults twice. They overwinter as adults. So the adults that will overwinter are coming out, and we are seeing some fairly high levels in some areas. So people are keeping an eye on things because they will feed up on the plants. They like some of the younger pods. Uh, when, when the leaves start senescing and they, there's not a lot of green leaf material on the plants, what they will do is they will move on to the young pods and feed on the surface of the pods. Now, it takes a lot of flea beetles to do significant damage in a mature crop but there are a lot of flea beetles out there so some people are just keeping an eye on the levels in their canola. Gavlosky says there's also been reports of diamondback moths in Manitoba. So diamondback moths they go through several cycles of a season when they get here and they're an insect that doesn't overwinter here they blow in and we did have some issues with them earlier in the season we're into another cycle they're in some fields, the larvae are still quite noticeable. In other fields, they're turning into pupa, uh, kind of finishing up the cycle that they're in. So uh, not a lot of fields where they're quite numerous still, but there are some. So again, one, one more thing that some of the canola growers are keeping an eye on. It says grasshoppers vary from region to region. Yeah, and it's quite variable. Some areas we still have some quite high levels of concern. Other areas, not so bad. This time of year, they move around. Uh, egg hatch was done a long time ago, so what's here is here. We're not getting any new uh, hatching out, but they do move around. So as some crops mature and become less appealing for feeding on, they will move looking for greener vegetation. In some instances, they might be coming to field edges, which is where they'll end up laying a lot of their eggs, uh, or they might be seeking out other green crops that are still maturing. So in some areas, it might appear that there's more grasshoppers showing up. That's not through new egg hatch. That was done a long time ago. That's just the grasshoppers moving around, which happens this time of year. Dr. John Gavlosky is the provincial entomologist for Manitoba Agriculture, and he's based in Carmen. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is up $9.60 to $7.62.52 a metric ton. And number one red spring wheat is down $5.27 at $3.38.94. The rest were unchanged. Durham at $5.32.93. Feed barley $3.10.61. Chickpeas $10.36.17. Flax $5.61.54. Lentils 782.50, oats 301.32, yellow peas 365.89, and feed wheat 270.97. 
On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is down 12.5 cents to $7.19 a quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. Last week in our regular sale, we had 370 head on offer, and here's how it went. The good cows, they traded from $1.28 to 148 with sales up to 166 Medium cows, they were 90 to a buck 25. The heiferettes and feeding cows were 170 to 232. And to the good bulls, they were 150 to 179. Folks, their fall schedule is out. Please book your calves into the prime time dates and put your cattle in front of the competition. 773-3174. Canada's source for quality. Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. Now the latest pork prices, they're down today to $236.87 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Countries worldwide are scrambling to secure rice after a partial ban on exports by India cut global supplies by roughly a fifth. Global food security is already under threat since Russia halted an agreement allowing Ukraine to export wheat and the El Nino weather phenomenon hampers rice production. Now rice prices are soaring and it's putting the most vulnerable people in some of the poorest nations at risk. Vietnam's rice export prices, for instance, have reached a 15-year high. Even before India's restrictions, countries already were frantically buying rice in anticipation of scarcity later when the El Nino hit, creating a supply crunch and spiking prices. Hungria struck a deal with Serbia that could bring increased shipments of Russian natural gas through the Balkan country if Ukraine ends a gas transit agreement with Moscow. Hungary's foreign minister said Sunday that Serbia's president had met with Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban in Budapest, assuring him that Serbia would be able to supply more Russian gas to Hungary if Kyiv doesn't extend an agreement allowing its transit across Ukrainian territory. Hungary gets roughly 80% of its gas from Russia and has fought vigorously against sanctions on Russian energy proposed by the European Union. Turning over to the markets, the TSX is down 31 points at 19,786. The Dow is down 70 points to 34,430. Oil is down 42 cents at $80.24 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.80 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Sask Ag Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.